Welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. This series will question the assumption that people are psychologically broken and need to be fixed. We will talk about how seeing people as innately healthy will change all of your interactions and outcomes. This is a true paradigm shift, and it simplifies the entire process of dealing with mental distress and allows for more profound and immediate changes. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards, and uh, we're here with another podcast for you. I'm Judy Sedgman. And and I'm Christine Heath. (laughs) And Chris is is here. I didn't have a chance to say a word about her, but she's wonderful. And we are going to talk to you today about uh, a a subject that was actually uh, brought up by uh, one of our listeners who sent us an email and said, why don't you say more about personality disorders, about like people with narcissism or other disorders that, and why it's so difficult to, to, um, to get along with them or why they have so much trouble in life. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And it, kind of reminded me of a story um, of a young married woman who uh, was waiting to hear from her husband who had gone off to be psychiatrically evaluated for a very uh, big new executive position. And um, so the phone call came and he was thrilled because the psychiatrist told him, well, you, you think of yourself as the sun kind of in the center of you know, the planetary system and all the planets revolve around you and you're kind of the, the, the bright light. And um, he said, isn't that wonderful? And, you know, and the, the woman was like, well, I don't know if that's wonderful or not. It sounds a little <laughs> funny, but and then she, she asked him, well, why would that be wonderful? And he said, well, I'm going to be an executive and everybody's going to work for me. And I'm in charge of everything, and it's going to be just great. You know, it's like being the sun in the center of all the planets. And um, I don't think, you know, in telling that story, the person realized that that might be trouble ahead there, you know, <laughs> as it turned out later in life to be. Yeah, I was just I, say, she probably looked back in her life and said, Oh, I should have been paying more attention back there. (laughs) (laughs) But it's funny. And and it's funny to me, too, that the psychiatrist, I don't know whether the psychiatrist communicated that as a good thing. You know, thinking back on it, I wonder what the psychiatrist actually said to this person, because what they heard may be very different from what they were told. Like, I can imagine knowing what I know now that the psychiatrist might have said something like, you got to be careful about this because mm-hmm. you have this tendency to think of yourself as the sun, <laughs> like everything mm-hmm. revolves around you and that's not going to work out that well for you in business. But mm-hmm. the person heard sun planets and went off on it, you know, like, Oh yeah, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> and I think that, you know, in what we call personality disorders as the people that are experiencing them don't see themselves as disorder. They see themselves as that uh, these are good things. You know, these qualities are good. Well, of course I'm in control because I know always know what to do you know? <laughs> or, uh, you know, that. So I, uh, and I think that all of this has come to the foreground, uh, you know, in the last several years, because there's been so much talk about it in terms of um, politics and the personalities involved, and people have kind of started getting interested in these labels and wondering and wondering um, 
and and the person themselves, you, you could start to see it that the person who's been labeled as such is oblivious to that as a bad thing. Mm-hmm. They they were like, yeah, I'm proud. Of, I wear it like the red badge for courage. <laughs> So I, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it is a good topic because I think for one thing, we, we tend to be unforgiving of people that are very caught up in themselves and thinking about who they are and how important they are or how unimportant they are or whatever their particular disorder is. And we, we tend to see them as difficult and hard to get along with and, and people we want to avoid in life. And yet really, uh, they could change just like the rest of us can change because they're really struggling with insecurity. It's all always insecurity that causes us warps our thinking in one way or another. And I, I remember one time hearing that ego and insecurity are flip sides of the same coin Mm -hmm. that insecurity is, you know, thinking about yourself all the time and finding flaws and ego is thinking about yourself all the time and thinking you're wonderful. Yeah, it, you know, it's, um, uh, to me, it's like, it's thinking about yourself. Like the more you think about yourself, good, bad, or ugly, the more you get into your own world. And so it's then hard for you to see that you're not connected with other people. So people that have personality disorders generally are kind of seen in the field of psychology as untreatable. So many therapists don't want to actually even work with people that get that kind of diagnosis because they're really difficult to to work with because they are so blinded at that level of consciousness by the thoughts they've created to get through their life. Mm-hmm. So like when sometimes when um, children are mistreated and abused in one way, shape or form, they start to think about themselves in ways that are like, hey, I'm, I'm above all that. I'm the king. I, I, I can be, you know, treated. I, I'm going to be the center of the universe, right? And then um, some people are like, oh, I'm nothing. I'm a, piece of, I'm a piece of work. I'm a failure. But it's all thinking about ourself that gets destructive one way or the other. So you can do positive thinking, and that can be, harmful to others and you're not paying attention to anybody anybody but yourself or you can be really hard on yourself and negative and you're still not paying any attention to anybody else and you're focused on yourself but it's just Mm -hmm. that the way that people think changes and so we give them different diagnoses right like people that have multiple personality disorders are literally i mean goodness sakes they they like literally create a whole nother personality and it's interesting because you can totally see the power of thought when you look at people that have multiple personality disorders because they'll have different illnesses and different personalities. Now, if life isn't all thought, I don't know how that could happen, but it does. And yet we don't look at that and say like, oh, isn't that interesting? How does that work? Mm-hmm. We just assume like, okay, and this personality, I've got diabetes and this personality, I don't. And these are things that are documented, right? You know, it's not just made up in people's heads. So because we haven't really understood what's going on with these people, we've given them categories because traditional analysis 
and processing of problems just doesn't work with them because they have so much thinking going on. And when you tap into getting them think more about it, they get more entrenched in thinking about themselves. So they'll do like people that have personality disorders, people will do things like um, push everybody else's buttons. Like they're kind of masterful at knowing where your button is and just going in and, and saying things that push it. And I used to say that I could tell when I had somebody with a personality disorder because I frequently wanted to strangle them because I'd have <laughs> this reaction like, wow, you're going to drive me crazy, right? And, um, and and they tend to take things very, people with personality disorders tend to take things very uh, personally, right? Because mm-hmm. they're processing everything through their own insecure thinking. And they're functioning at a level of consciousness where they're not feeling present most of the time. And they're not feeling genuine feelings of love. Mm -hmm. So they're looking for love outside of themselves by being the top executive or by being um, the person that everybody talks to. I have a, a really good friend and she is, gets so insecure and so caught up in herself and so we, we were like be having conversations and um, like say, let's say we're having a group conversation and we're talking about basketball and all of a sudden she'll interject herself into the conversation and say, I have a friend whose son plays a lot is really good at soccer. It's like <laughs> everybody kind of looks at her because it's like close to the right topic. Right. And she's trying to do it, but she'll, talk about herself frequently. So she'll start talking about someone she knows or something she Mm -hmm. does. So we were talking to her one day. I was talking to her one day and and I said, you know, sometimes, because she was talking about how she had trouble making friends and keeping friends. And, and I said, you know, you know, I know you're not asking for my help on this, but one of the things you could learn to do would be to listen more and talk about yourself less, like be interested in other people. She goes, but I like to talk about myself. I like it. I get a good feeling from talking about myself. I said, well, that's good, but everybody likes to talk about themselves. So when you're with other people, sometimes you got to sit back and listen and let them talk about themselves. And then you ask questions about what they're into. She goes, oh, well, why would you do that? I've got so many good things to say. And it just triggers all these exa- you know, examples that I have. And I said, well, it's because we're, we're trying to like have a good feeling with people we're talking to, not have the best stories, not have people focus on us individually. doesn't go over well in your friendships, as you can see. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a sweet story. It kind of shows the innocence of it, though. Yeah. People are so wrapped up that they can't, you know, that that doesn't even make sense to them that they'd be interested in anybody else. Right. And, and listening is really difficult because they're so caught up in their own thinking. They don't know that they're not listening at a deep level. They're not trying to connect with people. They're so caught up in information and details and, and their story, you know, like whatever that is, whether the story of how great I am or the story of what a piece of crap I am. It doesn't matter. And so they yeah. start to believe whatever the story is they create about themselves. I'm better than other people or I'm worse than other people. And when we, like I remember Sidney Banks told me when he first met me, he said, just be you, Chris, just be ordinary. And that was the most 
brilliant thing it ever said to me because I really thought I was different. I mean, who knows? I probably had a personality disorder then, but <laughs> I, I really thought I was different than other people. I was unique. I was somehow more unlovable than anybody else in the world. And there was something like, like special about me that I, I was, you know, it's like there was a vault in the earth's core that had the list of all the flawed people on it. There wasn't very many people on the list, but I would be one of them. <laughs> and, and I didn't see that that was really such a, such an ego thing, but it, and it didn't, I didn't think of it as being caught up in myself because I was beating myself up all the time, but it's self thoughts that we really get caught up in. And then those thoughts seem so real that we're, we don't listen. So that kind of sent, like when you get healthier, as you get healthier, you start to listen to yourself more. So when you're talking too much, you can tell it. Or when you're talking about yourself too much, you can tell it. Or if you say something you shouldn't have said to somebody, you can feel it, right? Yeah. Like you're insightful. You're able to, to pay attention and be introspective about, about yourself in relationship to other people. Yeah, and that's the key, I guess, is the relationship to other people. It reminded me, I had a client one time uh, at the Women's Resource Center who told me that she had an unusual set of diagnoses. She was had been diagnosed with more than one Ill, mental illness and that, uh, that there weren't very many people in the world like her that had suffered as much as she did with all these different problems that she had to contend with and everything. And she's very wrapped up. And so I, my first thought was, well, she's hopeless. And so I thought, well, maybe I can inspire some hope in her by telling her about people that have felt better, you know, when they found their health. And every time I would start another little incident, you know, another example, she would say, oh, well, I'm, I'm so much worse off than that person. There's no way that I, I wouldn't, that wouldn't have helped me at all. And, and I sort of occurred to me about three stories in that this wasn't going to give her hope and she didn't give a damn what other people did. And so I remember just sitting there for a little bit wondering what, I uh, wonder what I could do to kind of make her. And I thought, well, I'll have to ask her about her. So I said, do you have any dreams, any ambitions, anything that you, you know, you, you dream of, like, do you dream about sailing a boat, you know, across a lake or something like that? And she said, oh, I can barely keep up with my life the way it is. I, I don't have time to dream. But she was kind of curious about that. So I said, well, do you ever dream about feeling well enough not to be able to dream? Do you ever have the thought, gee, if I felt better, if I was happier, Maybe I could have hopes and dreams. And she said, well, I've never had that thought, no. And then I said, well, I just introduced it into the conversation. You know, now that the thought's out there, what do you, what do you make of it? She said, well, but there's so much wrong with me. And I really felt so sad for her. You know, I mean, she came around after a while. It took a while, to be honest with you. It was not like she had in that moment, she had a sudden change, but it, you know, because she was so, so consumed with all the things that were wrong with her and how she was so much worse off than anybody else. And, you know, when she finally started feeling a little bit better, um, how I knew it, it was really funny, how I knew it was that she got her hair cut and colored. 
And she came to her session and she said, how do I look? And I said, well, you look very nice. I like it. And she said, I'm, I'm a different person. And I said, oh, well, who are you now? And she said, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. Oh. And that's how I knew she had turned a corner, that she'd finally heard enough to realize that not knowing who you, you know, not knowing who you are, not making up all this stuff about yourself and thinking about yourself all the time was okay. Mm-hmm. So she got a haircut. So she'd look different when she looked in the mirror, she would be able to give, give herself a fresh, a fresh start. And I thought that was very sweet, but it, you do really, honestly, I, I, I developed over time a real sense of compassion for people, even narcissists who are just, obnoxious sometimes you know to the point where they you know they just kind of just like overwhelm you with all this terrible exaggeration about everything but you think gosh I'm so glad I don't live in that person's head because that's got to be painful yeah to have to keep propping yourself up like that all the time and never be able to say a nice thing about anybody else right right so so that's kind of what we do with people that have uh, those kinds of issues is we really work at helping them to see that there's something deeper in them mm-hmm. other than their thinking, that a space where they can live and that their thinking is dysfunctional and tricking them, that there's an illusion that makes it look like everybody in the outside world is to blame or is the problem and they're fine. You know, yeah. like, and it doesn't matter if you're that thinking about yourself as better than others or thinking about yourself as worse than others. You're looking at the outside world as being the cause of your unhappiness and needing to control it and to manage it because it's creating an anxiety or fears in you. But, you know, it's, um, uh, it's kind of funny because nowadays, because, you know, everybody's into, I guess, analyzing, I won't n- mention names, but politicians that are uh, uh, frequently being diagnosed uh, by mental health professionals and, and um, that people are talking about, well, I have this kind of a, a, a personality disorder, I'm borderline, or I'm narcissist, or I'm got paranoid personality disorder. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like everybody's got another personality disorder. And uh, two things that happen with that. One is that professionals start talking about the people as as the diagnosis, mm-hmm. like oh, she's a borderline, she, he's a narcissist, and it's easy to kind of wrap things up in terms of a, a nice bow. But and it may be true that that's what they are. But also the other piece with that is that we look at people as being able to change that and become a different, a totally different person to transform out of that. And that's new in psychology because most people think that people with personality disorders just have to continue to go to therapy for as long as they live. And hopefully that will mitigate the damage that that personality uh, does in their life. But they don't have to, but they have to be open enough to look at themselves. And that there is the problem because frequently People absolutely, I mean, I, I worked with a, a young woman and no matter what, she would find a way for her, her upsetness to be about the current political climate or the climate crisis or how could I possibly be happy, you know, if I live in this misogynistic, um, uh, racist world 
and mm-hmm. um, that's where the climate is going to be destroyed in 10 years. And look at these jerks mm-hmm. are not doing anything to change it. Mm-hmm. And in her world, that, that was like, okay, I, I can't be happy until my outside world is the way I think it should be. Mm-hmm. And so when people get stuck in that, they have a hard time listening to anybody and they have a hard time looking at themselves. So you have to be totally non-judgmental on your part and you have to be able to really listen to them so that you can catch when they have moments of health and then help them to see how their own thinking is tricking them into living in the realities that they're in and creating the problems it creates. <laughs> that reminds me of, you know, there's a lightheartedness about what we do, even in the face of somebody's suffering and misery, not to say that people don't suffer and that we don't feel for them, but we know they can get better as opposed to people that think, oh, this is hopeless. You know, we just got to get them some meds and hope that they don't do anything terrible. And uh, so we're trying to always bring out that better quality in them. And we have a colleague who uh, had a, uh, is a psychiatrist who had a uh, client with multiple personality disorder and on the first visit, the client was going on and on about this multiple personality and, and various bringing out the various people. And, and so the doctor said, well, um, which one should I bill? And, you know, when, when this is over, which one should I send the bill to? And, and, and the person looked at him kind of funny. Said, well, I don't know. And he said, well, which one has the money? <laughs> <laughs> you know, for a lot of people, he, he said it was such good spirit and he knew he had a person, but for a lot of people like, oh, I would never say anything like that. But it really kind of broke through, you know, and as he t- tells the story after that happened, kind of broke the client, how silly the whole structure was like, oh my gosh, I've, you know, I've got all the, none of these people are real. And how do I know which one has the money? You know? So. We, you know, I think to some degree when we get absorbed in ourselves, one of the side effects of that is we take ourselves so seriously. And the field takes it seriously because they're so serious about trying to fix it rather than seeing like, okay, let's look at how thought works. Thought yeah. and consciousness work together and it seems real to the person. So they create a whole other personality. That's a lot of a lot of work, I might add. To, to, right. to that. Some of people have like 54 personalities or something, but it's just really different states of mind and the way they think about themselves in those 50 states of mind. So, you know, like don't go looking to have a personality disorder, A, and B, yeah. start looking for your health, no matter what, what you've been diagnosed with. It just means you think too much and you take your own thinking way too seriously. And you're right. looking to feel good by either sharing all your problems with people or sharing what's great about you with people. But you're, you're, the great feeling comes before thought. Right. So look there. Be interested in that. And that will help you to quiet down. And as you do that, you'll see how to get along with people better and how not to suffer so much from your own emotional reactions. Right. Well, we've done it again, Chris. And with that... I think we can can say goodbye until the next time. And thanks for listening. Just be yourself. (laughs) 
We hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com. 